Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Welcome to another episode of True Crime and Cocktails Unsolved Mysteries Edition. How is everyone? I hope your hearts are full. As always, I am your host, Lauren Ash, and I am joined by my co-hostess with the mostest, the most intrepid internet researcher I know, Christy Oxborough. How you doing? Uh, I mean, I've got... <laughs> that was a weighted <laughs> sigh. Uh, I just, I feel like I've got a lot of manic energy today. Oh, uh, sure. It's just like... Around here, cases are really kind of going crazy, and so it's just we're we're back to being up in the air about what to do about school, and it's just right. a whole thing. So uh, I'm just super super happy to be here <laughs> in this moment <laughs> to just not think about it, you know. Just of course, think about other stuff. Yeah, well, other stuff like I know you've been pre gaming. So what are you drinking now? A little bit, a little bit. So I went new this week based on recommendations from the liquor store which i frequent quite often now (laughs) (laughs) so uh coming up coming up second well it won't be my second but in this one it'll be my second (laughs) coming up after the my next one uh i'm doing a mike's hard peach fuzz i haven't i haven't tried it yet and i'm no actress so part way through this if i make an oh god (laughs) <laughs> That's what it is. It could be great. I don't know. I'm choosing to record the moment I try it for the first time, which feels risky. I like it. And I like that because none of them sponsor this. We can give our honest opinions. If you think it tastes like garbage, the people will know. A hundred percent. And then they'll know if they start paying us when I'm like, it's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> and you're wearing a hat. <laughs> right. Oh, God, I can't wait. Uh, but I'm going to start the night off with a Mike's Hard Blue Freeze. Oh, I don't know what it is. They spoke very highly of it. I just went with it. But again, 
the large can so it won't fit in my frosty mug so i'm like oh you can feel the outside it's already getting like just just a little tepid so i just need to yeah it just needs to get in there (laughs) so that i can get to that peach fuzz and see what's happening there yeah so is this the first time you've tried this blue freeze situation a hundred percent and it's i mean it's it's decent it reminds me of and i I feel I'm going to be embarrassed saying this right out the gate because a lot of people are going to be like, what did she say? It tastes like a porn star. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever had, like, there's a drink. There's a drink called a porn star. And there's a shot as well. Yes. Um, God, I can't even think of what's in it. Uh, Blue curacao. And and sourpuss, I think. Sourpuss. That Uh, together That feels like a little on the nose, doesn't it? Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I think those together is the shot. But if you add uh, like a seven up Sprite situation, then that's what the drink is. Right. And it's it's good, but it's very sweet. So I'm not a hundred percent how I'm gonna get through this. It'll be fine. I'm gonna get through it quickly, so that it's not warm because it won't be better when it's warm. You know, most drinks aren't. Well, that's <laughs> not true. If we, I mean, okay, that, that was a silly statement because coffee. There's lots of things, although also good cold. Well, that's a good segue yeah. into this, which is yeah. inexplicably, I have, I ordered to be delivered, because in Los Angeles, California, you can get anything delivered, um, a bottle that. of uh, Rosé Chandon, <laughs> which I am drinking out of a traditional champagne flute, and oh. also, in case you're not watching this, dear listeners, I've pulled down some tendrils of hair. My hair is mostly up, but I've got some, I, and, and all I can say is she's a fancy bitch and she doesn't know why. You know what I mean? <laughs> I like it. I like that you just take on, you take on the persona of the alcohol you're drinking. You know what? I think that's part of it. I just, it just felt right to me. I was like, Oh, you know yeah. what? Let's do a updo. Let's get the tendrils down. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's crack into a you know a nice sparkling rosé and let's just see what happens. You're an actor. You like a character, so you're like, who who would drink this? And this the answer girl. is this hot bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Now, as uh, I was telling Christy right before we started recording, my goal for this week is to not be slurring by the end of the episode. <laughs> Listening yeah. back to uh, yeah. Death Row Fugitive, which, listen, was one of the greatest highlights of my life. I <laughs> laughed so hard. Uh, but listening to that last 10 minutes, I, I was trying so hard to hold it together. But you yeah. just sounded so lucid and cogent. And I was literally like, okay, so let's talk about Ohio Penitentiary some more. <laughs> I was like, look, I know the people are here because they know we're boozing. But I guess if, if anybody was wondering, that's proof. We're not joking. It's really a lot. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, it's sweet that you say I sounded sober. I think when I'm like just reading facts, maybe. Sure. I mean, I did go on a very long tangent about the Golden Girls in that episode. That's true. Which but I've listen, been thinking which about was nonstop. Right. Because it has made me, we have, we barely dipped a toe and I'm already just like off the, maybe, maybe this drink is like Brandy's weird sister because I'm already off the rails. Brandy's porn star sister? (laughs) I can't imagine what kind of, what we're in for if that's the case. Brandy's side job. Yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) Well, I've been thinking about the Golden Girls and like, I've just truly feel like I've accepted Blanche I was like this makes sense like I've thought back a lot on different 
instances throughout my life. And I'm like, oh, I've always been a Blanche. I feel that so hard. Yep. So then for some reason, my brain makes a wild leap and I'm like, I'm dying to know who would I be if I was one of the cast of Friends? (gasps) Yeah. Oh, Monica. Ouch. (laughs) (laughs) No, I didn't mean it like that. I didn't mean She's just so organized. She's so organized. Yeah. I mean, I when the series was on, I was obsessed with Chandler. Yeah. So it makes sense. I mean, as I've grown as an adult, I've realized that the true love there was Joey Tribbiani. But <laughs> I mean, okay, Monica. Yeah, okay. But I mean, think about the other two. Yeah. You're not Phoebe. You're not Phoebe. Yeah, I'm I no, I'm too. And I don't to be think Phoebe. you're not Rachel either. I, I think you're a Monica, and I don't think that's an sure. insult. Sure. I don't think that's an insult. I wish I could say I was Monica, but you but we you and I both know I, I am far too You're disorganized and messy. I'm a Rachel. You're a Rachel. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. There's I just am. Whether I like it or not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I like the joke is I also would have accepted if you'd said one of the dudes. I don't think hmm. Well, I'm definitely not Joey, even though he was an actor. I don't think that I, I think that I'm a little bit more, um, again. You're more intelligent than Joey, for sure. However, let me make a case for Joey. One, loyal. He is a loyal friend. Yeah. A hundred percent. Two, he likes naps. (laughs) (laughs) Three. Yeah. Snack lover. Okay. Like, okay. Like I'm how, starting to see how this. do you yes. feel? How do you feel about a sandwich? I feel great about one. To be see, honest with you. classic Tribbiani. I think I feel as good about being called Joey as you do about being called <laughs> Monica. <laughs> no, no. I see what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, I see what yeah. you're saying. I'm not. I don't know that I'm Ross. I think that Ross is a Ross bit is droopy, awful. You could be Ross. No. There's a chance I'm Chandler. I, mean, I do make funny. jokes when I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. But he also yeah. is like, I don't I mean, know. are we learning in this moment that they're all just really problematic and we don't want to be them? I think probably. Or <laughs> I think it's like being John Malkovich and I have all of them living in this head. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. I mean, maybe a more fun game with the cast of Friends is like, fuck, Mary kill. Oh, yeah, Totally. That's probably the easiest of version of that game I could ever play. Assuming yeah. that you, I don't just get the six. Assuming I get anybody on the cast ever. Right. Oh well, you're gonna marry Paul Rudd. Obviously, <laughs> <laughs> my crap bag, a hundred percent. I will be uh-huh. Mrs. Crap Bag happily. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. God, shout out to Paul Rudd. I don't know why. I, <laughs> I love uh, again. She. She's She's denied being Blanche. It just feels impossible to me. I know. I know. I've I've seen the truth. Um, Obviously, (laughs) yes. Mary Paul Rudd, of course. Yes, of course. You know, this is going to be like a shrink is going to have a field day with this when I say it after what I'd said earlier. But fuck Tribbiani. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And who would you kill, Ross? Oh, 100%. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't like Ross. He was, he was, you would think I would respect the manic energy he was, but I just never cared for Ross. And I know the the letters, here we go. But I just, yeah, no, that's. No, 
Uh, for me, I yeah. think I would absolutely kill Ross. I think that that's across the board, probably uh-huh. for most people who watch Friends. Also, if you didn't watch yeah. Friends, so sorry about this sidebar, but you know, we'll get back to it in a minute. Um, <laughs> I would Girls say now I'm torn about the other two. I guess maybe F Chandler, but I think my marriage is going to really shock you. I think if I you would say mar- Gunner. I don't know what I'm going to do. Richard. Richard. Yes. <laughs> Right? Yes, a hundred percent. Come on, he'd give I up mean, smoking sh- for you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he would. Yeah, I. You know, that was one of those. It's like, you know, it's like the different mm-hmm. times in your life you root for different, you know, mm-hmm. characters when you're watching. Yeah. Like it's like Reality Bites for me, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. And it's like yeah. sometimes you root for Troy Dwa- Troy Dyer, and then when you grow up, you're like Ben Stiller's character <laughs> is a more reliable choice. <laughs> He's a good guy. He'd be a good yeah. partner, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's definitely, like, different maturity levels from when you're the teenager that's like, oh, swoon. Yeah. Love a bad boy. And then you grow up and you're like, ah, oh, swoon. Fiscally responsible. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, there's mm-hmm. definitely something about it. Like, I, again, when we, when I first watched the show when it was on the air... I was all Chandler. Right. He had a good job. Couldn't tell you what it is, but he had a good job. He was funny. I was obsessed with his dad, Kathleen Turner, who you know I have such a deep love for. Watching it again, a little older, I'm like, no, I I couldn't live across from Joey for half a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Look, I get it. I get it. Well, listen, I think we're doing important work here and we're unsolving the mysteries about our our affinities for Friends characters, which feels very right to me. Of course. Um, There's something I quickly need to address, which has been brought to our attention via a listener on social media, which is that I have misgendered one of my uh, lady friends, uh, one of my wines I had on the show. I mistakenly called Kim Crawford a woman. And someone said, actually, Kim Crawford is a man. Now, I took a little page. I'm learning a little something from my co-host here, Christy. I decided that I wasn't going to take this person at their word for it, not because I'm calling them a liar, but because I was like, a good researcher does her research. And Got a background check. Double check your sources. (laughs) Exactly. So I did some Google searches, and there was a lot of things talking about Kim being married to Erica, but I was like, we don't know that it's not two women. This proves nothing so far. So then, of course, I found I couldn't find Kim on Instagram, but I did find Erica on Instagram and I went back through every photo Erica Crawford has ever posted. (laughs) And I found one in which it was her and a man. And she said, posing for blank wine magazine with Kimmy. And to me, that was definitive proof. Yeah. Kim Crawford is a man. So I do apologize to uh, to him and uh, to anyone I misled, uh, but still a fan of his work. Yeah. Yeah. We, I think, well, the fact that she called him Kimmy, you did say Kimmy C at one point. So I did. It's okay. I don't think he's going to take offense to this. You have openly talked about how much you love his product. That's so, true. That's true. It's so free advertising. He shouldn't be angry about this. You're dead right. You're dead right. Uh, Now, listen, the other thing quickly I just need to address was I had this brainstorm today because obviously something that Christy has become known for on this podcast, I mean, other than, of course, bringing so much amazing Mm -hmm. research and information, is that she loves a map. 
She loves to make a map, print a map, uh-huh. show a map, follow a map. And mm-hmm. a lot of you uh, have been responding to the maps that she's made and posted on social media and on our website, truecrimecocktails.com. Uh, all the information is there. Anyway, uh, so I was thinking back, and it was 2009, and I was living in Chicago at the time. Mm-hmm. I was performing at the Second City there on the main stage, and Sweet Christy came to visit me. And we timed her visit around a Blink-182 concert because we're big Blink-182 fans. Mm -hmm. And it was a little bit outside of Chicago. Now, (laughs) I hadn't lived in Chicago an overly long amount of time. I think maybe around a year at that point, probably less actually. Um, So I didn't have a car because when I was, you know, living basically next door to where I was working and, and, you know, it's a great public transit in Chicago. So we rented a car because we had to drive kind of out of town to go to (laughs) this Blink-182 concert. I can't remember the venue. I'm sure someone will will figure it out. But anyway, so this was pre, I didn't have a smartphone at this point. This was still, Mm -hmm. I mean, 2009, not everybody had iPhones. I did not have an iPhone. Uh, and so what did I do? I did what we all did back then, which is you yeah. go onto Google Maps and you print out the instructions. Yeah. And so we got into the rental car and I handed Christy her dossier with, uh, you know, all the directions. And I said, are you going to be navigator? And she said, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we set about our merry way and she had the directions and she was directing us about where to go. Yeah. And so we, dry- and we drove for quite some time <laughs> and uh, <laughs> like a really long time. And uh, I was like, are we sure? And she's like, yes, we're on track. And I was like, okay, great, cool. Mm -hmm. And then we drove past a sign that said, welcome to Indiana. And we realized we had crossed state lines and had not realized. And then when I went back, I was like, wait a minute. So I think we like pulled over and I was like, look, and I was like, oh, you missed like three turns. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there was just yeah. uh, mm-hmm. more than one detail missed, which I thought was great. Uh, yeah. Again, now, now I, one could argue that this wasn't you misinterpreting a map. It was a list of directions, and perhaps if you had had the map, maybe it would have been easier. I don't know. But there, it really feels yeah. like bizarre decade-out foreshadowing yeah. for someone who just wants a map to be right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I... <laughs> I distinctly recall um, you being like, but like you explain, like pointing out to me my error. Um, the, the joke is I've never been good with directions. I'm the worst. Don't make me your navigator. It's a terrible choice. You'll have a great music because I'll make you a playlist. Sure. But hopefully the playlist is long because I'm going to take you the wrong way. And it's just what I, it's just what I do. I'm just directionally challenged. Um, And I distinctly remember you being like, oh, well, it's the wrong way. Like we we were supposed to go this way, way back here. And I looked at it and was like, oh, how was I supposed to know that? And your quote was, you don't even have to look at the map. It's literally words on a page. Uh, and I forgot that's, about that. That's how I saw Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> Which was a gift for both of us, really. Yeah. Now, the good news yeah. is because we're psychos and, like, our family would leave, you know, if we're going to the airport, you leave, like, yeah. three hours in advance or whatever. 100%. We had more than enough time to backtrack and get to the show. 
We did not miss any of Blink-182's performance. But then the addendum to this, I was remembering on our drive home. I don't know if you remember this. But again, it was a drive outside of Chicago. Like, I want to say it was like an hour. And so on our way home, we were both very hungry. Because, spoiler alert, we didn't have time to eat on the way. (laughs) So I was like, oh, look, there's a Wendy's. Let's stop. And then we looked around and we were like, it looks terrifying here. It was like pitch black no street lights anywhere. And I was like, maybe we just go through the drive-thru. And I'll never forget you ordered the Baconator from the Wendy's and then mm-hmm. opened it on your lap, <laughs> picked up the top bun and just went, oh, that's just a mess. <laughs> yeah. It was. It yeah. was a mess. That was also the same trip. I mean, I ate it anyway. Just to be clear. We were starving also. We were so hungry. That was also the trip we went to that like off-brand Chuck E. Cheese. Yes. Where I put my, I I went into the bathroom and there was no hook to put my bag. So I put it on the floor and when we came out, just, just the black on the bottom of that purse. I had to, I had to throw that bag out when I got home. Yeah. Because it was so bad. I don't even know if I took it home. I may have thrown it out. I think you did throw it before out I left. before you left. So that left. was yeah. really sad. That was also the same trip that we got that we stopped somewhere and got Subway. And there was nowhere to eat inside because there was only like two tables or something and they were already full. And so we ate in the car. And I, the there was like a row of seats where you could sit in the building and look out into the parking lot and we were facing the, the building and I looked as I was eating my sandwich and I just went oh fuck look at that woman in there just like shoveling <laughs> the sandwich in her face she looks so sad this is just so depressing and then I, re- I realized it was my reflection <laughs> And that was uh, that was a shame moment for me. So just a highlighted trip all around. <laughs> oh my god, what a laugh! Yeah, yeah. Look, we've all had, if 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 I challenge anyone to not have had a moment where you catch a glimpse of yourself in a in a <laughs> store window or something and think, oh, who's that poor <laughs> poor human? They look yeah. they look awful, and then you realize that that's me. Yeah. Uh, I think that's happened yeah. to all of us. That's oh yeah. Just, just, just like I'm every sure woman, that's all. everybody has gone out of state when they didn't mean to. <laughs> Listen, it's it's a lot harder to do now, I'd yeah. say. Again, oh, now okay, that yeah, we yeah. have, you know, navigation at the palm of our hand, it's a different story. But yes. I have noticed just... since smartphones came into our lives that any trip we have, you rely on GPS <laughs> and not me. And that's, that's fine. I mean, fool you once. Shame on me. <laughs> you twice. I get it. So you're just yeah, you're, I you're, have you're to, knocking that down. Yeah, I yeah. get it. Yeah. If if you know, well, listen, you know what though? Yeah. Take that back though because remember I picked you up to go to Disney at the airport and the GPS screwed up and all of a sudden I was like, "Where are we going?" and then it had taken us halfway to my house, which is the wrong way. So GPS is yes. not more reliable all the time. You're right, but it kept us in the same state. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well. All right. Yeah. I was trying. I was. Yeah. I was trying no, to help I, you. I, out, you're, you're right. You're right. My my honesty is going to get the better of me. It's fine. Yeah. No. It's one of your better no, traits. No. 
All of your traits are good. What am I talking about? Oh okay. My God, you're adorable. It's the truth. Let's get to the episode. We can yeah. literally just prattle on about <laughs> 90s television and our our shenanigans forever, but we've got well, a we've got a theme. That's the third podcast. It's going to be so many podcasts. <laughs> I won't stop until we have our own whole thing. Like we need network, whole, our own network yeah. and all of the podcasts though are hosted by us. Yeah. That's like a it. lot of boozing. Because I assume we'd be, be drinking drink all of Well, <laughs> we call the brand. dialysis clinic. <laughs> They're going to have two new patients. Oh, gosh. Oh, all yeah. right. So today's episode of Unsolved Mysteries we're going to be discussing oh. is, of course, Tsunami Spirits from the new season of uh, Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix. Now, as a quick reminder... Any visuals Christy may mention in this episode are always available in a case file on our Instagram account, at True Crime and Cocktails, and of course also a much more in-depth case file is always available for every episode on our website, truecrimeandcocktails.com. That's just a reminder as of now. So a quick synopsis of Tsunami Spirits, in case uh, you did not see the episode, goes something like this. In March 2011, an immense earthquake off the coast of Japan triggered a tsunami that led to the loss of nearly 20,000 lives. Months after the tragedy, dozens of people began to experience paranormal events that are still unexplained to this day. So this was a different episode of the show. I feel like, you know, Unsolved Mysteries, they do a good job, or they, they have with these new ones, about doing real variety. And this was definitely different from all of the season one episodes, I would say. And it, it kind of, like, stands alone. Since, of course, it's talking about a natural disaster, which I feel like we don't right. often see on that show. Yeah. I mean, it did make me think a lot about the UFO episode. Right. However, I responded very differently oh. to both episodes. Like, the UFO episode, I full went into that, like, UFOs? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then I'm like, let's research all the ways it's not UFOs. This one, I was like, Ghosts, huh? <laughs> yep. Close the file. <laughs> Research finito. Well, yeah. I was just like, ghosts. Yeah, that's that's reasonable. <laughs> and that was it. I did I did look into stuff, and I have uh, looked into it as best I can. But again, like, when it's a natural disaster, like, there's no... Yes, there is an insane amount of death. Yes. But it's not like... I need to find out who did it or where that right. person is. Like, we know who it was. I can't really background check a natural disaster. Right. So there's not... My research took a different way, and I'm realizing now the, the research that's sitting in front of me with the very specific numbers that I've highlighted to try and impress you, because as we've noted before, that's my goal. <laughs> <laughs> and again, you've already smashed that goal uh, every yeah, week, well, every damned week. That's so sweet. I'm, I'm realizing, I think this is my dry run for that science podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh my but gosh. There's so much science. This is great. So, I mean, I'm going to get, I think like, a little Bill Nye the Science Guy. So I don't know if anyone remembers that show, but get ready. It's like, I don't know, Christy the Science Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> we may have nothing. to change the tune for legal purposes, but yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I did have to like physically stop myself from spinning around like he does in the uh, opening of his show. It's fine if nobody remembers that show. Uh, they, they show it in schools. 
I like, listen. My middle son a... comes home from school and is like, we did science today. We watched Bill Nye. And I'm like, really? Well, he, right. had a, he had a new series on Netflix recently. I was in an episode of it. Well, but I'm talking like he watches the 90s stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. We I used mean, to watch fact, it when I was in school, too. The fact that you were in one, it's just all coming back. Yeah. You know, if we do a science podcast, I love that it's an if. Christy, she's a science nerd, and she's got more facts than you've ever heard. She's going to take you on a journey today, so get ready, because we're going to be okay. Science. I love you so much. (laughs) That was beautiful. Listen. Your uh, Second City training is shining through. It kicks in. It, it kicks in when you need it to. You know what I mean? You just turn your brain off and it takes over. Um, okay, well, listen, I am so excited that this is the pilot episode. <laughs> you guys thought you were listening to True Crime and Cocktails, Unsolved Mysteries Edition. You're listening to Christy the Science Nerd, the yeah. pilot. So let's see what she's got for us. Oh, my God. Could we get Bill to get... I couldn't handle talking to Bill. I'd be too much. <laughs> no, Not because I have a crush. I'm not that much of a Blanche. Because I can't handle that level of stardom. <laughs> that's that's my peak stardom for me. Bill Nye. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Kudos to Bill Nye. I, I, I am who I am. I, Don't fight it. Just a mess of a human, but I've learned no. to accept it. No, no. Beautiful mess. So, yeah. So this time around, uh, we're going to have a lot of facts. Spew them. Some of them. Really interesting. The ones that aren't, I'm not going to talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, you know, we are who we are. We're going to start uh, fairly basic and talk earthquakes. Let's get into it. Yeah, because this is a natural disaster. I'm like, let's undress that bitch. That was really... <laughs> this is going That's... great. <laughs> I don't know if school children will be listening to this no, one. Nope, nope. Uh, the, well, especially not when we talked about the cast of Friends in the way that we did. <laughs> Uh, also, because school-aged children probably don't know who those are. But no. I can't think about that. God, that was just not... Oh, God. I should not have done a pre-drink. So, we're just going to skip over that. Earthquakes. Yep. So, Japan uh, is one of the most seismically active areas in the world. Okay. Because, one, it sits on something called the Ring of Fire... Which is like an arc that stretches along the Pacific Ocean and is home to 90% of the world's earthquakes and more than 75% of the world's volcanoes. It's the volcanoes that gives it that uh, Ring of Fire name. Was this the Ring of Fire Johnny Cash was singing about? I wonder. I guarantee no, but... (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. I mean... (laughs) It takes on the song takes on a whole new meaning. It does. When you, I mean, in if this was a science thing, yeah, it would be like I would be like, Japan sits in this burning ring of fire, and then I would have like little pictures of volcanoes on sticks that I would like. Again, the pitch for Christy the science nerd keeps getting better. I like that it's a musical. This is great. <laughs> I am so sorry for all of that. All right. I love all of it. Okay, so 90% of the earthquakes, 75% of the 
of the volcanoes because of all of these in volcanoes. this area. Yes. Okay. Uh, the other thing that uh, makes it very seismically active, Japan sits on or near the boundary of four tectonic plates. Oh. Never did I think I would say the term tectonic plates on this podcast, but here I go again. Tectonic plates are these massive slabs underneath the Earth's crust. They're always moving, always shifting. There's like over a hundred of them, but there's only like seven major ones, which are mostly under like the continents and whatever. And when they butt up against each other, they create a lot of pressure. When that pressure gets to be too much, it's released, you get an earthquake. Right. Pressure can build for years or decades or centuries. You just never know when it's going to happen. In Japan, there are approximately 1,500 earthquakes a year. Wow. <laughs> to the point where they, they get minor tremors pretty much daily. So wow. that's, that's intense. The one in this case, in March of 2011, it was a magnitude level 9.0, which wow. is insane. Yeah. Like, it is the fourth most powerful earthquake ever recorded in the world in the history since they started doing like seismology seismology and like uh measuring earthquakes and stuff it is the right. most powerful earthquake to ever hit japan right but like worldwide it's number four wow. so it was intense like the shaking lasted for six minutes oh my god i can't even imagine the it was felt over 230 miles away in Tokyo, like it was bad. Also, according to the U.S. Geological Service, it was so powerful that it moved the main island of Japan eight feet to the east. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah. I never even thought that that could be possible. Yeah. It also like knocked the earth off its axis like a certain amount of degrees to the point where it increased Earth's rotational speed by like one millionth of a second a day. And is that permanent? I assume as much until something knocks it, whatever, but yeah. Wow. Like, so this is like, this is great information. First of all, you're killing this. Uh, second of all, um, this is great information actually in tying to the spirits and the kind of paranormal stuff that was experienced mm -hmm. following this because it does sound, it was, you know, if you believe in, in that or you don't, I do, so I'll speak for myself, I feel like if you're causing that kind of actual huge shift mm -hmm. in, in energy and stuff like that, I think that that could absolutely lend itself to like a cosmic shift as well. So that's, that's wild. Now, I'll also just add very quickly, a little bit of a thing that I can add uh, oh, from I personal like experience yeah. is uh, living in California, living in Los Angeles, you experience earthquakes. And Ooh. I think the biggest one I've ever experienced was a 4.6, I think. I think that was the one that was recent that, that happened in the middle of the night here. And yes. let me tell you a little something. Getting woken up out of a dead sleep to that is A, absolutely terrifying. And B, I think ours, this one only lasted probably 30 seconds. I, having been through them like that, cannot imagine a 9.0 that's lasting for like five, six minutes. Like, it's just such a jarring, don't pardon the pun, experience. 
um, on so much. Like, it, it sticks with you. And, and, like, for me, like, for days after, I'll be like, oh, is that an aftershock? Because there usually is aftershocks. Um, yeah. But anything, it'll be like, no, it was just a garbage truck going by or something. But we also, we were shooting a night shoot on Superstore after that one. And another one hit. And that was the first time I've ever been outside during an earthquake. Oh, God. And we sit in these kind of tall chairs, like a traditional director's chair yeah. at work between takes. And I remember sitting in it and then, like, literally feeling. And so I stood up out of the chair and then feeling the earth move. It was definitely uh, an experience that I will not forget. It's very surreal. So, again. Oof. Speaking as someone who's been through them on, on a much lower level, I really can't imagine what this must have been like. You know, it's it's so scary. And in California, also I should just add very quickly, um, out by the ocean, so like Santa Monica, Venice, that whole area. I don't know yeah. if you remember this from when you were here. I think I pointed them out to you. They have signs everywhere that say tsunami zone. So right. literally there's any place that's kind of by the ocean it's like there's signs everywhere that are like, get to higher land, tsunami evacuation route. Um, right. And I'm always like, isn't this wild? Because, again, if you grew up in Canada, you're probably not really in a tsunami zone. Oh, yeah. Unless you're on a coast. If you're on a coast, you could be. But for us, we weren't. And so I always thought that was so wild. But, again, having experienced the minor bit that I did, I was like, wow, I wonder what would happen if we had one that big. Which, by the way, scientists keep saying is only a matter of time in California, that the big one is coming. It's apparently long overdue. I am mm. terrified of it, but uh, yeah. I digress. That's my experience. So not that people need me to say that this would be crazy, but again, from firsthand experience, I just cannot imagine. Like It's traumatizing when it's a much lower level. So when there's this huge loss of life, I'm sure that this entire community of people must have just been completely, I mean, will they ever recover? I don't know. Well, I will say you mentioned aftershocks. Aftershocks can be felt for days, months, or even years Oh wow! after an actual quake. I love that I felt the need to cut off earth and just get right to it. I started calling I'm, victims Vicks on this, yeah. so you're fine. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm basically like, Mrs. Doubtfire with the dinosaurs, you know, uh, trying to make her, uh, I can't think of anything she said in that movie. I'm blanking. Anyhow, <laughs> I'm about that level of expert to run a science show. Well. But in the two, in two days after this earthquake went down, there were over 150 level five aftershocks, over 20 level six aftershocks, and one level seven. Oh my god that hardly yeah. feels like an aftershock it's, that's crazy yeah and earthquakes when they happen in the ocean it forces the seabed to lift up and that triggers a tsunami and that brings us to our next section <laughs> shuffling oh, the paper oh god yeah of course I hope I hope the class is still listening I'm sure they are so Tsunamis, I mean, oh my God, they can be like hundreds or thousands of miles long, which is insane to me. The deeper the water, the longer the wave can be. Uh, they can move as fast as 400 miles per hour, oh which God. is intense. I won't lie. I have a lot of fears because I am um, a professional scaredy cat. Sure. But my number one fear is a massive wall of water. 
just mm. coming towards me. We watch so many like disaster movies because we kind of love them. 2012 um, and Day After Tomorrow are favorites of ours. We watch them like every single year. I don't know why. We don't have like a date. We watch them. We're not that weird. But like we watch them all the time. We love them. And there is a moment in one of them where you just see this wall of water and every time my stomach just drops it's full i can't the the idea of that much water and that much force coming at me i just can't the waves in this tsunami reached like 131 feet wow high um the i mean there was a deadlier tsunami that was in the uh indian ocean in like 2004 it was off the coast of like Indonesia, it was, I think, Boxing Day or something oh, right after yes, Christmas. Oh, yes, 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 That one had waves that were only like 100 feet, but no, like it came out of nowhere and they didn't have time and like 200 some thousand people died and like it was mm. very traumatic. This one, like, also the, for a fun fact, because if I have a science podcast, it's going to be full of fun facts. Yes, so that please. We have fun. Well, we learn. Christy, the science nerd. <laughs> Bling. Yeah. yeah. I love this so much already. In Alaska in 1958 was the largest waves of a tsunami that have ever happened. Wow. 1,720 feet. Oh, my God. And the only way they knew that is because it, like, full took down these, like, over 1,000-foot-tall trees. It took down over a million trees. In one area. Wow. So, like, I can't even think about it. But the people in this story, more than 90% of the deaths were caused by the tsunami, as opposed to the earthquake, because right. the tsunami flooded more than 200 square miles of land. Wow. So, okay. This tsunami is, I mean, let's say it. it's It's very difficult. <laughs> to talk about a subject that like deals with death sure and all of that and still be okay about it sure. i'm not okay about it <laughs> oh, there's a reason I, we drink i mean yeah i've spent <laughs> a week like reading about like natural disasters and the horrific things that are going to be coming later on in this yeah. and it's just it's heavy man it's heavy that's <laughs> that's that's why she's got mike Stripper Brandy, yeah. porn star Brandy, yeah. <laughs> I was going to do Brandy today just because I felt like I, I needed that support crutch. Of but, course. Uh, then I was like, I'm going to try something new. We'll see what happens. Brandy Listen. will come back. I, I, I've i still got her. She still lives here. So I'll bring her out sometime. <laughs> she doesn't have her own apartment yet. She's in a halfway house at the t- currently. <laughs> <laughs> That's the energy she brings, 100%. Yeah. Yep. So this tsunami... I don't know if they even mentioned this part on the show, but there was a nuclear power plant, or I should right. say is, because it is still currently there. When the earthquake went off, this power plant, their uh, reactors automatically shut down as like a safety precaution because of the earthquake. Right. When the tsunami hit, the waves were so tall that it went over the seawall and flooded four of the reactors. So this meant that the reactors couldn't cool themselves. So it led to three nuclear meltdowns, three hydrogen explosions, and the release of radioactive contamination. 
Oh my God. It was the most severe nuclear accident since Chernobyl. Oh my was, God. Which I don't think they did get into that in the episode. Right? Yeah. There, there is something called the International Nuclear Event Scale. And it layer it has seven different levels on it. One being like not as bad, but still bad enough to be considered a nuclear sure. accident. Seven is as bad as you can go. To this day, there have only ever been two level sevens, and that would be this nuclear accident and Chernobyl. And that's oh it. my god, it was bad. I mean, the yeah. they have said it's going to take like thirty to forty more years for that plant to be like fully decommissioned and to deal with the full mess of what's happened there only within the last like year have some of the land been able for some of those people to be able to go near even some of it because of how bad it was but when this whole thing went down i mean almost twenty thousand people were had died or were missing over like five hundred thousand people were forced to evacuate this is the most costly natural disaster to date. Wow. It was 360 billion US dollars. Wow. Oh For my the God. sake of reference, Hurricane Katrina was 250 billion. Wow. And Hurricane Maria, which was a fairly more recent one, uh, was 139 billion. So like that's insane. Yeah. So this goes down. The Japanese government is like, we're going to set a timeline for how we're going to recover from this. So they set a 10 year timeline. The plan is we're going to we're going to focus on clearing the debris, restoring all infrastructure and housing because so many people got displaced. So as of now, nearly all of the debris has been dealt with, which is horrifying to think about nearly all of it. And this was nine years ago. Yeah. Most of the infrastructure, like roads, bridges, airports, that kind of thing, has been reconstructed. Housing is still underway. About 75,000 people are still in temporary housing. Nine years later. Nine years later. I mean, the issues with the power plant kind of haven't helped in a lot of situations. But I just, I can't really think about it. But they did say that ghosts didn't really start appearing in large numbers and people didn't start talking about them until the fall of the year that this went down. This went down in March. Right. And people, maybe a few came out, but nothing was really said. And then in the fall, just everybody had a ghost story to tell. That's interesting. One thing I'm just going to hit on quickly before we get into ghosts. Yeah. I mean, this one is sad, so we're just going to like hit it and run. Sure. (laughs) Yep. <laughs> For the sake of facts. Drop the bomb, run away. I got yes, it. Yes, because uh, Christy, the science nerd, likes to be informative. And that's what you're all here for. So whether they like it or not. Ring, ring. School's in session. <laughs> <laughs> I've, lost, I've, I've lost my mind. I like it. Uh, I'm also now pissed at myself that I didn't run to the garage, get like a bike bell <laughs> so that I could have for this bit just been like, ding. You know, but I didn't. How did I know this is how this is going to go? We never know what bits are. We coming. don't know. We don't know what's gonna. I'm. That's the magic. I'm all over the place. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful when you call it magic because it makes me feel better about being a mess. So, when this whole natural disaster happened, there were nine schools that kind of got overwhelmed by the right. tsunami. In the nine schools. 
75 children died. Like right. specifically in that country, 75 children died while in the care of their teachers. Okay. So in those nine schools, 74 out of the 75 were at one school. Oh, wow. There were 78 children there that day. Right. And of the 78, only four survived. The oh school, my God. and I mean, this, the school wasn't very large, but the school ended up after everything happened, the school ended up taking over a single classroom from another school because they had nowhere else to go. But the fact that a full school could fit in one classroom was right. very sad to me. I mean, this whole thing is very sad to me. 10 out of the 11 teachers from that school also died. And I mean, the issue came down to the education plan because the primary evacuation, they're like, well, if there's an earthquake, get all the kids out to the school ground. Uh, secondary evacuation is in case of a tsunami. It's said to find vacant land near the school or maybe a park, etc. Well, this school is like surrounded by mountains and open fields. There's no park. So all of the teachers were like, well, where are we supposed to go? There's not one specific place we're supposed to go. They chose too late. They had seven minutes of warning to get out. They had a bus that could have taken 45 people at a time. So that bus could have taken them all twice, like in two runs if it needed to. But they didn't know what to do. The headmaster kind of really fucked up and the school just kind of did not handle things well. And so many people died needlessly because... It just wasn't higher ground. You go to higher ground. If you're near the mountains, you go up in the mountains. That's the the only move. Yes. The problem is by the time they started going there, it didn't work. They, and they also chose, I think a spot where the water started coming in. Like they didn't choose the right upper ground. In the end, the parent, the parents of the children that were lost did sue the school and the school was found liable because they, they fucked up. They really did. Yes. And so I just, I don't even know anymore. <laughs> like, well, that's interesting, though, because you would think that being in the ring of fire, you know, for a place I that do. is very prone to these kinds of things, that that kind of drill would be, there needs to be a foolproof plan. And I understand yeah. that, of course, in the moment, I'm sure it's chaos and panic and all of the above, but I would think that of any place, a school would need to have a plan in place to try and mitigate the panic and chaos of those moments happening. So that is quite a, a tragedy that that it, had they been potentially better prepared uh, or had a clearer plan in mind that they could have saved yeah. all of those kids. That is really awful. And really kind of speaks to, again, like, what a huge tragedy this was and, and the damage that was done and the loss of life. I mean, it's it's so overwhelming and, and so sad, obviously. Um, but I'm glad that those parents won that lawsuit. I'm glad that they, yeah. I mean, I, I know that it, I'm sure, does not uh, feel great because it doesn't bring their kids back and, and money in those moments must feel very empty. But I also think that getting, you know, justice for those moments and, and those t- things in time is important. Obviously, that we, we both value justice Otherwise, we wouldn't be doing yeah. this damn podcast. Hundred <laughs> percent. We value listen, justice and science. We do, we're, and we're learning that in this episode more than ever. Uh, yeah. Now, I can't wait to get into all the ghost talk, but before we do yeah. that, let's take a quick break. Let's refresh our refresh. Let's refresh <laughs> our drinks. Hit the loo. Do what we got to do, and we'll be right back with more information about tsunami spirits. 
Hey everybody, we hope you're enjoying this episode of True Crime and Cocktails and wanted to let you know about a few important pieces of information. First of all, our shirt sale is back. That's right, for a very limited time until December 7th, you can order one of the very first pieces of True Crime and Cocktails official merch. We've got hoodies, we've got t-shirts, they're super cute and comfy. Go to bonfire.com slash true dash crime dash and dash cocktails. That link is also available in our Instagram bio at True Crime and Cocktails on Instagram. So give us a click. Listen, we are a 100% independently produced podcast, so you buying this merch really does help us keep this show going, and we love making it for you, so support us if you can. Also, if you're looking for any visuals Christy references in the episodes of the show, you can visit our virtual case files on our Instagram account. Again, that account is at True Crime and Cocktails, and there are even bigger virtual case files that she uploads to our website, truecrimeandcocktails.com. So if you want a little bit more, that's the place to look. Also, you can view our unedited Zoom episodes on our website, again, truecrimeandcocktails.com, and give us a follow if you haven't already on Facebook, at True Crime and Cocktails, and Twitter, at Not Detectives. Whew, that was a lot of information, but listen, we just want to be able to connect with all of you because we love all of you so very much. But enough about all of that, refill your drink, and let's get back to the show. Right, we are back on True Crime and Cocktails Unsolved Mysteries Edition. We are, of course, discussing Tsunami Spirits. That's the episode. And we're about to get into the ghost aspect. So obviously, we've gotten into the science. Christy, the science nerd, uh, has walked us through the science of tsunamis and what was going on at the time. Uh, a little bit about just how much of a disaster it is and the magnitude of all of those things. So, of course, the episode does kind of focus on this phenomenon that started happening. Now, you, you're saying that this happened in March and it was around fall when people started reporting all of these kind of paranormal, unexplainable spirit slash ghost experiences, correct? Yes, and I'm sorry. I, I, for some reason, felt like it would be a great idea to wait till we're filming to try this drink. <laughs> The fuzzy peach? The fuzzy peach. Oh, no. It's it's going to take a while. <laughs> Listen, it's, if you manage to make friends with Brandy, maybe you'll make friends with the fuzzy peach. You're right. Well, and I have to at least another five times. <laughs> you can't buy those individually. It's fine. I mean, someone was like, if you like the fuzzy peach candies, you'll like My it. My favorite. And I was like, great. Can't wait. It's It's fine. It just it just hit me uh, and made me go, oh, I'm not sure where I feel about that. Where you feel about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's not. She's done all right. She's not. I love it. But one, okay. thing, but one thing I do feel strongly about is ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both, baby. Okay, so it happened in March. The things are yes. getting reported in the fall. And of yes. course, if you watch the episode, there's there's a multitude of lots of different stories oh, about yeah. things people experienced, ghosts or things that seemed to be ghosts that were lost, weren't lost, all of the above, people feeling yes. like they were possessed, a lot of that. Why don't you get into a little bit of that for us? I will. Uh, science nerd is going to, and also just to be clear, there's nothing wrong with being a nerd. No. When I was in high school, like nerd was such a big like put down. But, like, nerds run the fucking world, so... Yeah. Oh, I think it's been <laughs> You know, so now, just, yeah. like, yeah, just own it. Own who you are. I'm becoming, like, as I'm getting older, we talked about this earlier, as I'm getting older, I'm becoming more, like, who I was meant to be. <laughs> and I love that. I think that's amazing. I, I have been just, like, an anxious 
like I've just been anxiety in the form of a human uh, my entire life and very like kind of slightly shy and just awkward. I'm still 100% anxious and awkward, but now I'm just like, fuck it, own it, you got this. Like, again, I think this is Mike. (laughs) (laughs) The fuzzy peach. She doesn't like how it tastes, but she likes how it makes you feel, much like Brandy. Oh, Oh, well, that is Brandy's tagline for sure, and I can't wait to bring her back. I real misstep on my part not bringing her back this time around. Uh, but this is this has been a journey, and that's what I like doing. I like a journey, and I like to bring everyone along with me. So, absolutely, thank you for buckling up because she's not done yet. Back to the ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the Japanese have this, I guess, for lack of a better way, uh, a being. Forgive me because I'm not 100% how it's said and I never found anywhere online that told me how to read it. Even if I did, my map skills have proven I'm not going to read every line. So so they're, I think they're called Gaki, G-A-K-I. Okay. They're a term used to describe what they call hungry ghosts. Oh. So these particular beings are driven by an intense emotional need in like a really, really animalistic way. These kind of only come about, they're not like happening all the time, but they happen when in like a very unfortunate circumstance, like an entire family dying at once or like anybody who dies violently or prematurely or in anger or something. And these hungry ghosts wander the world uh, or wander between worlds and... I just, I don't, like, the idea, the idea of ghosts I get behind. Sure. Do I believe in ghosts? 100%. Like, again, I was like, UFOs? (laughs) Okay. And then I was like, ghosts? I'm like, yeah, keep talking. And it's like, (laughs) I don't know why I was so on board with ghosts. Apparently, Bill Cosby's ghost dad really affected me as a child. (laughs) It's literally the only ghost. Oh, Casper. Devon Sawa. <laughs> what about the movie Ghost? I mean, I did watch that too young. I remember is, you watching it too young. Yeah. I remember you talking about it. I mean, oh, God, Patrick Swayze. Fuck. There, yep. She's, she's always been a Blanche. <laughs> also, isn't the bad guy in that the president on Scandal? Correct. Oh, yeah. I mean, that first... Four seasons of Scandal were solid. So good. We used to Zoom. Well, it wasn't Zoom then. We used to Skype watch Scandal together. A hundred percent. Yeah. And there are going to be a lot of listeners that are going to be like, but Christy, there were more than four seasons of Scandal. To which I say, I know, but I'd like to not talk about it. I did see the show out. The show out. I Once I start a show, I finish it out. You're good I'm, that. Uh, I'm a loyal bitch. So... So back to the angry ghost. <laughs> uh, this Christie science hour is just, there's a reason I shouldn't be a teacher. There's this idea of these, ang- of these hungry ghosts. Right. There's also the tsunami coming in did appalling violence to like the ancestors, we'll say. In Japan, in Japanese culture, they have a very 
uh, like a very, very strong respect for their ancestors. Right. They have these things, and I'm going ahead in my notes, and I hate myself for it. They they build these things called, again, I apologize because I don't know 100% the name. I think it's like an Iha, I-H-A-I, and it is this like black lacquered wood kind of uh, rectangular upright thing that has the name uh, written on it in characters. And that is in honor of their ancestor who has passed and they place it in a place in the home and they lay out offerings like food, wine, uh, that kind of thing. And it's to appease the ancestors in the afterlife. And if they do this for the ancestors, the ancestors will then return good favor on them and let them lead a good life. Nice. Uh, when the tsunami happened, it kind of like washed out all of these things. It took out all the altars that oh. families had, all these like memorial tablets, these Iha. I apologize again if I'm saying that wrong. Temples got destroyed. Cemetery vaults got ripped open and like the bones of the dead were scattered. Mm. So people started thinking like all of these spirits have just been like released and are like super angry. And a lot of the ancestors, they're not going to be remembered if all of their living relatives die in this thing. Right. So they're going to be super pissed to not have somebody remembering them. A lot of like they had priests from like in Japan, specifically in this uh, region where it happened, Shinto and Buddhism are like the biggest religions and right. they all, they had priests from those religions plus Christian priests coming in trying to deal with what they considered unhappy spirits. Mm. The main thing is, like, in Japan, they take ghost stories very seriously. Right. Like, they are... When this all went down, a Buddhist monk wrote an article in, like, a scientific journal about their ghost problem. Academics at the university there cataloged all the stories um they debated the topic about this at like a scholar imposium in kyoto so like they really take their ghosts seriously so and i get it because again ghosts i'm on board patrick swayze ghosts i am a thousand percent on board (laughs) oh my god what is wrong with me so on the show, they talked about different ghosts. Like, there was a guy named Endo who, on the day of this tsunami, he visited a shelter because he was checking on his mother. And he sees this woman sitting at the window and she was wearing his mother's clothing. He gets closer. He's like, Oh my God, that is my mother. So he took a picture of her so he could show his family, like, Look, she's safe, all of this. And then after he took her picture, like, her face changed before his eyes and she became somebody else. And it turns out at like around the time he was visiting this woman, the microbus his mother was in washed away. So it's almost like this weird like moment of like he saw her. They had a moment and then she was gone. Right. There was a woman who lost her child, which I can't really think about. And his toy made noises at night, even though it had like a manual switch and no one was around to touch it. It would just make noise. And she felt really calm and that like helped her find purpose again, which is very beautiful. My young, my, my oldest son 
had this school bus remote control toy. I don't remember who gave it to him, but I'm still cursing them to this day. (laughs) He had this toy and it was always like in his toy box, which was in the living room. And he would go get put to bed. And then just like every once in a while, this toy would go off and you would hear that little sound of like wheels, like just the little noise. And it scared me so bad. It never once made me think, oh my God, it's ghosts. But like, it was always turned off. So I don't know what that was, but also some other family has it now because we donated it. (laughs) (laughs) Because I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle it. It was terrifying for someone who's like, oh, I fully believe ghosts. I'm already like, oh, but don't visit. <laughs> I, I, I just, I, I'm, again, certified chicken. I just, I'm scared of everything. There was a woman on the show who was like, you know what? I was making dinner one evening. Somebody knocks at my door. I open it. Somebody's soaking wet, asking for new clothes. And she gave it to them and then they just like disappeared. A lot right. of these instances of people like showing up and then just disappearing before their eyes. The cab drivers picking somebody up them asking to go somewhere. Sometimes it's like an address that no longer exists. They drive before they even get there. The person vanishes. And a lot of people are like, well, I don't know how true that is, but it's like, well, but it's, it's logged on their book that they did this trip and they're not going to get anything out of it because once they realize that they felt like it was a ghost that they helped return to their home, they then realize no one's going to pay for this. So the cab drivers all paid for it, which I feel like is a really beautiful thing. And to me, it's like, what are they getting out of that? And the answer, the answer is nothing. They're not getting anything out of it. They're money out of their pocket. So I just, I'm more likely to believe them. Plus I just think it's very lovely. And they're like very like any, if, if this ever happens again, I'll welcome them with open arms because right in a situation like this, it's, they say it's like ghosts have like a, they, ghosts are about like me when it comes to directions. They just aren't a hundred percent. And when this happened, they then suddenly, like everything changed so much and that landscape changed and houses and cities were gone. So these poor ghosts and spirits would have no idea. It looks completely different to them. So they'd be lost. So it makes sense right. to me because again, science podcast and here I am. Let's talk ghosts and why I believe in them. Because, Great. again, not aliens, but ghosts, 100%. So on the show, there was this reverend, again with the names, uh, Reverend Kanata, Can- we'll say. Sure. He is a chief priest at a Zen temple. He is the 26th generation in his family that does this. He inherited it from his father. He was on the show. He's just a lovely man. I did read a book that he was interviewed in and multiple interviews he did elsewhere. We'll get to the book later. He performed 200 funerals in the first month after this happened. So I can't even imagine. But he talked on the show um, that a year after this whole thing happened, this woman that they call Amy, she showed up like possessed by spirits. And she would show up multiple times, usually around 7 p.m. And she'd stay till like 2 or 3 in the morning. And her personality would change depending on who was possessing her. She wasn't near the disaster zone. She didn't know anyone who was affected by the tsunami. None of that. 
just she maybe was more open because that's a belief that I have. I've just like some people are just more open than others and it kind of happens. But she would like take on these persona and at one point it, she was like a little girl that had was crying for her parent and he's she was this person and then like she could she said she could hear and smell and feel what they felt. Like there was a little girl uh, who was supposed to hold her brother's hand and she let his hand go and she could feel this little girl holding a hand and like letting it go. And I just can't imagine what that's like. And I also feel like there's, what is this woman going to gain from faking it? Because up to this point, like also like Amy's not her real name. Like she's not getting anything out of this. And this hap this happened in like 2010 and nobody really knows about it until the show like made it public. So I don't think she has a reason to make it up is my point. Well, I mean, devil's advocate. Does then she want this is some. What this, this is what this is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Does she, because I will say that watching that one, because it was, he talked in the episode a lot about like, all of the time and energy he had to spend with her and like his wife was like oh he had to spend all this time and energy with her and I was like yeah. is this this or is this someone maybe struggling with mental illness or a combination of both I I also yeah, would ask okay. you know what about the nuclear fallout is that potentially something that was affecting people mentally could that cause yeah. some sort of delusions or or these feelings or whatnot? I get what you're saying. And I love that. I'm like, nope, check my notes. It's ghosts. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, you're wrong. It's ghosts. <laughs> Again, I love that. I'm just like, we can't anger them. <laughs> like, I <laughs> look, I'm not saying I necessarily no. disagree. No, no, no. I was devil's, it devil's advocating about her. I believe oh, that all yeah. of this was happening. And, and, and in general, I, I, I do believe that it was ghosts and spirits, but but with her, I was like, could yeah. this also just be a mental illness situation? Oh, 100%. Because, I mean, it very well could be a girl that just, like, thought of him as a father figure and yeah. really, like, just needed that. Like, did I did I take that beautiful story about ghosts and turn it into a girl with daddy issues? I did. No, I mean, I led you there. But, I <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, anything's possible, right? So, like, yes. yes. I mean... Possession is a weird, like, it's a weird thing. Well, but the thing is, we have more possession coming up. Okay, that's what I want to talk there about. There it is. Yes. So, a lot of ghost stories on the show. A lot not on the show. Here we go. So this is what I live for. I found a book because of, of course. course I did. It's called Ghosts of the Tsunami by Richard Lloyd Perry. He apparently is a writer who was living uh, in Japan at the time ah. and then spent like several years interviewing uh, multiple people, some of whom were in the show, a right. lot who were not. One of the people he did uh, interview was this reverend who, what a lovely man. Like he has spent so many hours helping these people and he's just... He has a lot of beautiful things he says, which I'll get to. So the Reverend was talking about there were uh, a, the experiences that people would give were talking about like they'd go from like eerie kind of weird dreams and feelings of just being like uneasy to full cases of possession. We've got a young man 
who felt pressure on his chest at night, like someone, he would wake up thinking someone was sitting on his chest and there's no one there. We've got a teen girl who saw some sort of figure in her house when she would wake up. And again, it wasn't actually anybody. There was a middle-aged man who hated to go out in the rain because he saw the eyes of the dead in puddles, which is slightly horrifying, but also like, okay. Uh, there could be a lot of stuff going on there uh, sure. with him. A fire station received calls to a place where all the houses had been destroyed by the tsunami. But instead of ignoring it, they went to the ruins and prayed for the spirits that had been lost. And the calls stopped. <gasps> oh, wow. That's so, I mean, one. that's, I feel like that's kind of lovely. And I think overall, my, my favorite, just because... I I could see this being my level of ghost. There's an old woman who had died. She would appear at her neighbor's houses, just like show up for tea. And the quote was, no one had the heart to tell her she was dead. (laughs) And she would come over to their houses, have tea. And when she would leave, the place she sat was always wet with seawater. Oh, wow. So, oh, that's a cool one. Not only do I feel like I would leave a mess, I feel like I would be the one who, A, wouldn't know. Sure. I would just be like, hey, here for tea. And two, be showing up at someone's house looking for drinks. It's also very Canadian. It's a like, Canadian yeah. thing if like, there was a ghost Too that came polite. in. you like, well, we can't tell her. Yeah, yeah. There's got like, to be somebody who's like, you know, uh, she's bugging them about like, oh, so when are you having kids? And then it's like, oh, I just, I just can't with this woman. Can we just tell her? And they're like, you can't tell her. It would be rude. You yeah. can't tell her she's dead. A hundred percent. Because that is Canadian right there. It's just like, oh, it's too rude. Just, just, just let it happen. Clean up the seat when she's gone and move on with yourself. I just love that she keeps going to her friends. I do too. Listen, that feels like something I would do for sure. Now, one more question I have for you. So some of these cases, obviously the seawater, that lady, I feel like that feels definitely paranormal. Yes. But devil's advocate here. 100%. This is what we do. It's what we do. The gentleman saying he sees the eyes of the dead in the puddles, the woman Mm -hmm. seeing the man in the house, the guy with the pressure on the chest. These all feel to me like they could be PTSD-type symptoms. A hundred percent. Coming up later in the show. <laughs> well, I don't know how much later because we're running out of time. I'm not sure uh, at this point which, sure, which show I'm referring to. <laughs> Fair but enough. Coming, Fair coming enough. up, uh, there is... I do have another explanation besides ghosts. Oh. I didn't come into this going, oh, obviously it's ghosts. I did. But I looked into other possibilities. So I do have another possibility. So we're going to stick a pin in that. But I do have another non-ghost. Another scientifically believable reason for all All of this. So, I mean, we will get there. I do have a case of possession. Talk to me. So he wouldn't give his actual name. So they refer to him as Takeshi Ono. A man in his late 30s. Okay. Uh, He was working on building a house uh, during the earthquake. He didn't see the tsunami himself. No one he knew was hurt or affected by it in any way. 
the day after the tsunami happened, he just like life returned to normal for him because he was in an area that wasn't affected by it. So about 10 days go by and him and his wife decide, you know what? We want to see what we've heard about. So they drive over the mountain to see the destruction and they are kind of really thrown off because they didn't know what to expect. And they like come over this mountain and it's very obvious that like the wave came in and then stopped at an exact point because stuff doesn't like slowly die out and be destructed. It's just like a very clear stopping point. Right. And so it really threw them off. So they go, they see this, they go home, uh, they have dinner. He decides he's kind of feeling a little lonely. So he phones a bunch of friends of his, goes to bed, wakes up the next morning. His wife is furious and she's screaming at him and she's like, you know what? I want a divorce. And he's like, what on earth did I do? She's like, well, you were on the phone. You phoned a bunch of people. Then he jumped on all fours and began licking the floor and their couch. And he squirmed around like a beast. Then he began snarling at her. You must die. You must die. Everyone must die. Everything will die and be lost. Then he goes outside to an open field in front of their house He rolls around in the mud and shouts, there, over there, look, they're over there. He stands up, walks further into the field and shouts, I'm coming to you. I'm coming to that side. So his wife is like, he's lost his fucking mind. So she somehow wrestles him back into the house and he's just writhing and bellowing at her until 5 a.m. And then he screams, there's something on top of me, collapses, falls asleep. Wakes up the next morning. He remembers none of this. Wow. He has no idea what she's talking about. So then the night starts. Then day goes on. Then it starts getting night again. Yeah. He starts seeing figures walking past the house. Like parents and children, friends, grandparents, all these kind of... Like he sees people walking past his house. They're all covered in mud. And they're kind of like flickering like a movie almost. And then he ends up like staggering around. He glares at his wife. He waves a knife at her and he starts yelling, drop dead. Everyone is dead. So just die. So his wife and her mother who lives with them pleads this guy for three days because this happens every single night. He's like this screaming at them, being violent towards them, all of this. So for three days, they're like, please, please just go. You need to go see somebody. So he goes and sees the reverend from our previous story. Yeah. And this was, you know, less than two weeks after the uh, tsunami happened. So he goes there. The reverend is like that his eyes were dull. He didn't feel like himself. He also had a really strong sense of resistance to being there. So this reverend, he said he he beat the drum. He chanted this thing called a heart sutra and splashed him with holy water. And the guy felt this overwhelming sense of tranquility. He said his head was so light. He felt fine physically, but his nose felt like it was blocked, like he had a cold. So he's talking to the Reverend about this and he's like, I was not any part of this tsunami. Why would this happen? And so it comes out when him and his wife went to go inspect what had happened, they pulled over, they put a sign in their windshield that said disaster relief so that no one would bother their car being parked where it was. 
so that they could go. And they wandered around the beach. They got an ice cream, all that kind of stuff. They didn't, like, respect. They didn't visit this place of devastation with any sort of respect. Right. And so the Reverend kind of feels like because of that, the angry spirits were just like, well, here we come. And they took on into his body. The Reverend said that this guy is very, like, innocent and open. And he feels like that's how all of these people and animals were able to possess him. So they feel like all these dead creatures and beings and stuff all, like, possess this guy. He said he felt fine, except for this nose being blocked like he had a cold. On the way home, his nose started streaming a pink jelly like nothing he'd ever seen before. And if that isn't some full Ghostbusters level shit, I don't know what is. Absolutely. I don't know what to do with that. As you were telling me this, I was just like, this is what you get if you want to be a looky-loo. You want to be a looky-loo? You want to go look at the disaster? You know what you get? You get possessed by multitudes of spirits of both humans and animals, and then you have ectoplasm come out your damn nose. That is wild. Yes. I don't know how to handle any of it. Now listen, though. That one sounds more believable to me than, than the other lady. I mean, there's something to be said for... Like, I would like to believe if something like that happened and someone was like, I don't remember it at all. I'd like to believe you would know if they're lying. Yeah. When they're when they're just like, I have no idea. And also he this was happening for night like multiple nights and for hours. So you would think nobody could keep that up. Yeah. Right? Like you'd think at some point he'd break and be like, I'm kidding, whatever, which would be a really shitty joke. But, so I'm, again, very quick to believe him. But, like, this reverend, who I just keep coming back to, on the show, he said an amazing quote, which I feel like really kind of encompasses how the Japanese people, especially the people in this region, kind of view death, which is very different than North America. Uh, He was talking about a shoji, an S-H-O-J-I, And it's like those really paper thin door screen kind of things. And he said, death is like shoji. Uh, Once you die, you go through the shoji and the living can still see you through it. Oh, that's interesting. Because death for them is traditionally like, traditionally a human to them is two parts. It's a body and a soul. And when the body dies, the soul just moves on to something else. Because, I mean, one of the big religions in that area is Buddhism, which does strongly believe in reincarnation. Yeah. And let me say it. Let me say it here. I shouldn't, but I, it's too late. I full believe in reincarnation. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you a weird story of why. <laughs> no, stop it or now. When I was a kid, like so young, I don't even remember this. This was something I was told my whole life. Uh, because it's such a weird fucking thing and it was always laughed at. But from the moment I was told it, I was like, oh, something's not right there. So we're talking like when I was like two, three years old, I used to say the sentence, like I would just be, I wouldn't be talking about anything in general. Out of nowhere, I would just say, well, when I was a boy, I was 10 years old. 
and I don't remember this at all, but my yeah. my mother has been telling me about this since I was very young. And like the older I got, I was like, that's such a random thing to say. So once the internet was a thing, yeah, I had started hard like Googling 10-year-old boy obituaries in the entire world thinking I was going to like see something and that my brain would be like, oh my God. Of course, I haven't found anything, but I haven't looked more recently. I haven't sure. had the time. Am I going to? Probably to freak myself out. Yeah. I'm not suggesting that it is. Well, I guess I am suggesting it's real. But that, for some reason, has made a believer out of me. Is it weird? And people are going to be like, oh, what's wrong with you? Yes. But it's such a random thing to say. And a, a child that young, where are they going to come up with that is my thing. Yeah. So it has freaked me out to this day. So, I mean, just put it on the list of traumas. <laughs> and uh, it, uh, I just, so to me, that has just, that is the cornerstone of my belief in uh, reincarnation. I truly believe well, it. Well, first truly. of all, I'm shocked that this is, and listen, this is the nice yeah. thing is that this podcast, I'm still learning about you. And you'd think that after, yeah. you know, an entire lifetime together, there wouldn't be things to learn, but there is. And I love that. So it does feel possible that little kids will say things that make no sense, you know, all of the above. But yeah. but that specific does feel very chilling. And I could absolutely see why that might make you have an opinion about such a thing. Yeah. I mean, Sure. Kids say the darndest things. There was a t- an entire television show about it. <laughs> Which, wasn't that Cosby too? Is this my second Cosby reference? Don't Twice. worry, people. I know he's a problem. <laughs> I, I didn't, I obviously didn't know then, but I know now. And yeah. I'm I'm very anti-Bill Cosby. Of course. Now, but like, come on. As if in the 90s, you folks weren't watching Ghost Dad. Like, I, I went think- to see it at the drive-in. God, the drive-in. Yeah. We went and saw something at the drive-in. We did. We saw, was it 300? <laughs> I'm going to say very close because I think it was Gladiator. It was because, Gladiator. It was Gladiator. Because yep. that was during my Russell Crowe phase. Yes. Blanche. Blanche. <laughs> <laughs> well, she, we were also in my yeah. high school boyfriend's friggin Camaro which is not yeah. ideal for three people because no. that back seat was not spacious and it was also a double feature I believe yeah what was the other movie oh evolution with David Duchovny yeah aliens it all circles back like everything seems to organically have something to do with this podcast somehow it's creepy at this yeah. point so yeah. okay so reincarnation possession all of these things we've hit on what about yes. the science one that you were going to talk about Now, the big thing in Japanese spirituality from my readings is that death is not the end of the journey. They feel like the spirits of the dead are always nearby and they visit loved ones at certain times of year. So, sure, we're going to believe what you want or need to believe, you know? So the reverend, in this case, he said a lovely quote, which will bring us into the science version of this he said religious people all argue about whether these are really spirits of the dead i don't get into it because what matters is that people are seeing them and in these circumstances after this disaster it's perfectly natural so many died and all at once 
The dead no had no time to prepare themselves, the people who had no time to say goodbye. The dead are attached to the living, and those who are lost are attached to the dead. It's inevitable that there are ghosts. So I'm like, yeah, dude gets it. Totally. I'm fairly certain nobody calls him dude, but, you know, maybe it can be, I think. He, like, this religious man is like, yes, ghosts for sure, and fully believes why that could happen. I, as you know, fully on board as well. Um, however, now a scientific exp- explanation for mass ghost sightings after a tsunami can be found in the concept of collective grief trauma. Oh, okay. Now, I did some reading because, again, due diligence. I may believe one thing, but I got to look at everything. Of course. So there's this... Uh, Guy, he's the chair in disaster mental health uh, at a school of social work at Tulane University, which is huge. Dr. Charles R. Figley, sure. Um, he said that collective trauma creates collective reactions that seek healing and a sense of safety and hope. So it's not uncommon for fellow survivors of like catastrophic loss and dislocation to have common reactions, be they paranormal sightings, sounds, or smells. And that for some people, ghosts are just a more tolerable tolerable way to handle the void that was created in their lives. So essentially just kind of like a, it seems like a PTSD situation, and it's like maybe their brain is just like, hey, I don't fully understand what's going on my brain is going to perhaps see my loved one because i can't fully comprehend life without them i see them that kind of thing so in that case it's like yeah essentially this guy's saying like maybe ghosts is just how these people are coping with the current situation sure sure i will uh i i mean it makes sense to me i'm still like it's a ghost. <laughs> if <laughs> listen, it looks like a ghost, <laughs> it's a ghost. Yeah. Sure, and I don't disagree. I just yes. think there is a certain amount of, you know, delusions, visions, uh, yes. flashbacks, auditory and visual hallucinations that can come along with PTSD, which obviously people who lived through this kind of huge oh, yeah. trauma, I could just see that being a part of it. Do I think that explains it all? No. Do I think it could be a mix of both? I think it could be. Oh, easily. Yeah. And then that way we're both right. (laughs) (laughs) Which is what I love. Yeah. I do too. I do too. Well, a very quick aside. We we do need to wrap things up quickly, but a very quick aside. So for the listeners at home, you'd never know this, but we had some (laughs) tech issues during this episode. So there was some times we had to like pause and, and recalibrate, et cetera. Here's what's wild. And I literally, like, my heart is racing right now. My, I have goosebumps. So, as you know, in this episode, not that I've been dissenting in a huge way, but I have been the one to say, maybe this isn't ghosts. Fine. So, we had a tech issue. My computer kind of had to restart, that whole thing. No big deal. As that's happening, my boyfriend, who's, who's been in our bedroom this whole time doing his own thing, bless, uh, he was like, Sharky, your cat, 
peed on the floor. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, Sharky's never peed on the floor. He always goes in his litter box. What are you talking about? And he goes, well, the door to the closet where his litter box is was closed. Now, here's the deal. I keep his litter box. It's quite big. It's a whole dome, whatever. I keep it in a closet that's in my office as opposed to like in a bathroom or something. There's just not a good space for it. So sure. literally it lives in this closet and I leave the closet door open about six inches and that's more than enough room for this very slender cat to get in and get out. Yeah. The door never gets closed. Okay. I can't stress this to you enough. It never, ever, ever, ever gets closed. Okay. My boyfriend did not touch the door. I have not touched the door. Uh-huh. During this episode tonight, while we were filming, while we were recording this, somehow that door got closed and he peed on the floor because he couldn't get to his litter box, which first of all, breaks my heart. But second of all, how'd the door get closed? (laughs) I'm not kidding. Like, I'm literally like, my heart is racing because I've lived in this house for two and a half years. The door has never been closed. It's always open. I've never closed it. It's always been open for him to get in and get out. Uh-huh. My boyfriend would never touch it for any reason. There's no reason to. It's it's we both know that's where Sharky goes to the bathroom. <laughs> Here's the bottom line for me. Yeah. To the spirits who are listening. <laughs> yep. This is a good start. I believe in you. I know it sounded like maybe I didn't, but I do. I was just trying to for the sake of the podcast, you know, explore every possible explanation. Okay, it if I've upset for you, compelling material. That's it. Yeah. If I've upset you or you're trying to prove to me that you exist, you needn't go further. <laughs> Keep moving. You're not meant to be here. Go on. Go. You're in the wrong place. Okay? I <laughs> But the, I mean, what are the chances I mean. that while we're recording this episode about ghosts and it's the yeah. only time that been this ever been the skeptic on this show yeah i just don't know how it could have gotten closed like it it just i bottoms up this isn't (laughs) how i'm gonna sleep tonight i don't know this isn't gonna help but ghosts tend to be on the mischievous side (sighs) so it feels like a real dick thing to be like don't believe in me (laughs) watch him piss like I don't know why I felt the need to go there but like you just know it's just like you hear the door closing and they're like deal with that I mean it's ins- it's it's insane what are the odds of this and the fact that the, the cat has never closed the door again this we've yeah. had this same setup for two and a half years the door has not yeah. fully closed in two and a half years he's never closed it why today would he close that door we need to move I on because I, I can't dwell on this any longer. But I'm just to saying. Get out a Ouija board with you right oh! now. <laughs> Apparently, in this house. Oh boy! Did I tell you that the house that was on this land before my house was built burnt down? Anyway, <laughs> have you have have you have you looked into the circumstances under which I that have happened? not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Maybe you we know, need- you know I can background check an address, right? I do, and maybe you should. I don't want to see it. I want you to I want you to buffer it for me. Look, look, tell you what. I'm I maybe will or maybe won't. 
I oh, that's looming too. No, okay, okay, that's bad. Here's what I think. Here's what you I'd like what? you to do. I'm busy. I probably won't get around to it. <laughs> no, I'd like you to background check the house, and yeah. then I'd like yeah. you on an episode to reveal to me what you find in front of the people because we're all in this together. We're we're creating a community of like-minded individuals. Yeah. And you know, my terror should be collective terror. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm learning that this whole thing is about sharing our traumas. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, maybe this isn't like uh, Christy, the science nerd. Maybe this is therapy between two sisters who think their lives have been normal, but they have a lot of oppressed, suppressed feelings and traumas that they need to work through. <laughs> Two things. Please. No, three. Yeah. One. Yeah. Fuck, you are a genius. <laughs> no. Two. No. It is not fair to sing on the same episode I do because no. I am not <laughs> gifted with song like you are. And three, that will be podcast number four. Listen, everybody needs to buckle up because the subscriptions are are really (laughs) racking up for these for these people in our community. My goodness. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Look, we got to wrap this up because this is possibly the longest episode we've ever done uh, through no fault of either of ours. Is there anything else you want to hit before we go? Because I know you've you've obviously done a ton of research. Really? I mean, we're... (sighs) I, I found a, another quote by by the Reverend, which yes. again is not a phrase I ever thought I'd say. Of course, because it's it's just not who I am. That just like I felt sums all of it up. Kind of, it doesn't matter whether ghosts really exist or not. What matters is the people believe in them. These experiences are real, so it doesn't really matter whether you believe in ghosts because the pain and suffering is real. That's so it's like, he, oh, this man, lovely. Like, what a just lovely human in general. And maybe there people are focusing on, are ghosts a thing or are they not? The point is, this: these people went through something terrible. Some people think there are ghosts, some don't. I mean, you never know. Yeah. I know what, <laughs> I know which side I'm on. I truly think there's so much probably like, PTSD and that kind of thing because I can't even imagine dealing with even one of their traumas let alone like the multiple stacked on top of each other traumas that most of these people went through Absolutely. Um, so I think there's like a combination of like some saw legit ghosts and some maybe just saw what they needed to for their own peace of mind absolutely so that's kind of where I'm at and I have yet to find out what's going on in my cat's litter box closet. So that I'm trying not to think about it. I can't. <laughs> uh, listen, Christy Oxborough, your your yeah. research as always is so phenomenal. Thank you so much. And and I think that it's great that we learned a lot about science in this episode, as well as hearing more about the ghost stories, <laughs> possession stories, all of the above. So thank you for that. I'm just thankful that we're up to like four podcasts now. Again, 
uh, our fans, <laughs> our listeners, guys, people, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to subscribe to a lot of things. So sorry to tell you. Uh, listen, thank you to everyone who is listening. As always, we so appreciate all of you. If you like the show, leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts or whatever you listen. If you haven't subscribed already, give us a click. Give us a subscribe. What's it gonna cost you? The answer is next to nothing. Uh, we love doing the show so 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 very much, and it's such a time, such a time to be alive. Uh, Christy, why don't you tell the people what episode we're going to be talking about next week on True Crime and Cocktails Unsolved Mysteries Edition. Next week, Washington Insider Murder. I can't wait. I am so excited about this episode and I can't wait to find out what you dig up. Do you want to say goodbye to the people? Bye, people. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be piqued by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. As an Audible member, you'll be able to keep your heart rate up month after month because you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. If you're in the mood for a shocking psychological thriller, check out None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Embrace brand new exclusive thrillers from bestselling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500.